Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome, everybody, to the Grace Curley Show. And as you know by now, Grace is not in today, and I am happy to be been called from the center field bullpen from down the Cape. I made the drive up. I'm in studio sitting in for Grace. I'm Toby Leary. I am co-owner of Cape Gunworks down on the Cape. So you might have heard my voice before on 2A Tuesday. Every Tuesday, we take your calls around the Second Amendment related questions uh, that you might have. And uh, so uh, I'm really excited to, whenever I get the chance to sit in for Grace, if you want to be on the phone with me today, it's 844-500-4242. We'll definitely take your calls. If you want to text in, you can text Curly for Grace to 617-213-1066. And uh, we got plenty to talk about. There's certainly no shortage of news stories out there today. Um it is unbelievable uh, what's going in, on in the world today. And just when you think it can't get any crazier, it always does. It all, it never disappoints, right? Uh, and so, you know, for me, I've been extremely busy and haven't been uh, following the national news as closely as I normally do. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, even if you're just mildly paying attention, you're, you wake up every day and go, oh my gosh. Let me pinch myself. Am I still dreaming? Am I still asleep? Is Has the world gone nuts while I was sleeping? But <laughs> the truth of the matter is, you can't make this stuff up, folks. Uh, so last time I was here, we we were you know talking about the news of the day and whatever the national news was and, and whatnot. And the stories just keep getting better and better. You know, we we all know Trump was indicted, uh, however many times it's up to now. And uh, trials were on underway in the Eugene Carroll case. I think that's the thing that was going down the last time I was here. And then we had Letitia James in Georgia going, uh, I'm sorry, in uh, New York. And we had Fannie Mae in Georgia and all that going on. And, and uh, you know, you follow a little long and the story's just, like I said, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, when you see Fannie Mae and her lover and traveling to the Caribbean on vacations and, uh, oh, and by the way, her lover is the one who's prosecuting Trump and uh, it's amazing stuff. And then when when they... Lots of cabins. <laughs> have you ever laid your head, you know, taken her to a cabin where she has laid her head? The question, line of questioning I found incredible. But that was all like must-see TV that I missed. And everybody was coming in talking about it. So I just got the clip version and the internet, you know, five second versions here and there. But the one that I found to be the best was uh, when they asked the guy, uh, have you ever taken her to a cabin? And he sat there like, like it was a question on Jeopardy. And, you know, you hear the music in the background. Do, 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 do. It was Final Jeopardy. And he just stood there looking at the camera forever. And then, no. 
<laughs> it, it's like that meme of wherever the woman's from with all the numbers yes, and the, yes. the <laughs> algebra going through her head. Like, is this a trick question? I can't answer this in a way that's going to get me crossed up later. And, you know, maybe that wasn't a cabin. That was maybe just a, a log hut. I don't know. Maybe is that a teepee or is this a Airbnb? I, I don't know. Like, this is a trick question. So, but I thought the climax of it all was... Okay, so you put all these business, all these expenses on your business card, right? Yes. And then she reimbursed you for them all, right? Yes. How did she reimburse you? Cash. You know, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, where's the cash come from? Well, we keep a lot of cash on hand. Like, unbelievable. Like, you know, this, the red flags are going up one after another after another. And, Meanwhile, we need to get back to the serious work of the Trump fraud trial in New York, right? This is way more important. Uh, this is the real news of how Trump defrauded banks who, by the way, where was the harm? Where was the harm? It's, you know, I love to see these victimless crimes where we throw the book at people. And in my industry, in the gun world that I live in, I see it all the time victimless crimes where they throw the book at some person who's trying to do their best to you know jump through all the hoops and landmines that legislatures lay for them as a responsible gun owner and sure enough you know somebody will get tripped up in fact there was a guy uh, i'm working with a company now uh, i mean uh to try to get this story told uh it's a it's a gentleman who was a chinese national um, who emigrated to America after being tortured for 10 years in a Chinese prison, sought asylum, was granted it, became a citizen, became a legal gun owner in another state, had an AR-15 and a pistol, and then got a job transfer to Boston. And guess, guess what happened uh, when somebody found out he had an AR-15 and a, and a handgun from, that he moved here with from another state? Uh, I'll I'll leave that up to your imagination, but you can probably see where this story's going. And yeah, you know what? He did 10 years in Chinese prison and was tortured, but now as an American citizen, he's facing another three years in federal prison. Can you believe it? A total victimless crime. Nobody was harmed by his possession of the guns that are protected under the Second Amendment. And by the way, say, shall not be infringed. <laughs> it's it's unbelievable. Like, you can't make this stuff up, like I said. And that's just one of the many, many stories I come across in our line of work of victimless crimes. So, you know, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank has been making the rounds on on CNN and Fox and whatnot. And he it was great to see him on CNN because everybody would say he's just in the echo chamber of Fox. But last night I saw him on CNN and, um, or I saw it on Twitter actually reposted. I, I wasn't watching, uh, CNN, but, um, the, the host was saying, now these aren't, these are serious crimes, fraud and, you know, uh, defrauding banks and bank fraud and blah, blah, blah. And he says, listen, if you're going to arrest Donald Trump or you're going to prosecute him for this, every single real estate developer in the country 
should be arrested and prosecuted because you always paint your building in the in the spotlight, right? You don't ever say that, eh, it's a piece of crap, not worth jack, you know, can you do anything for me? No, it's always, this is stellar, look at the location, it's state of the art, it's beautiful, it's up to date, it's fully rented, it's, you know, this is the cash flow, this is what it's worth, and that's how you present it to a bank, and they may or may not agree with you on the valuation you come up with, but they'll say, oh, it's not worth half a billion dollars, it's worth 400 million, so therefore we'll lend you 200 million, and that's how the game is played. They do their due diligence, you present your evidence for what the building is worth, and everybody comes to the table, signs paperwork, and gets paid along the way. There's zero victim in this, but yet he's facing a 350 or $60 billion fine. Fanny Willis keeps that in her house. Absolutely. Cold, hard cash, man. We keep a lot of cash. So Letitia James says that she's actually looking at 40 Wall Street or whatever the number is, uh, the Trump building on Wall Street, and says that she's willing to go after his assets for to, to make good on the $366 billion that they've fined him. Uh, 354 million, excuse me. Uh, so, yeah, there's an article today in Breitbart. Letitia James says she'll seize Trump's assets if he can't pay. You got to pay the man. Uh, New, attorney, uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James is prepared to seize former President Donald Trump's assets if he is unav- unable to find cash to cover a $354 million fine. In his civil fraud case, she said Tuesday in an interview with ABC News. Uh, James told ABC News that if he does not have the funds to pay off the judgment, then we will seek judgment enforcement mechanisms in court, and we will ask the judge to seize his assets. Just curious, you think uh, 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 in Goron there will will will. Uh, capitulate her requests will will he acquiesce and say you know what that's a good move Letitia let's seize that uh that asset um Trump was fined 354.8 million dollars plus approximately 100 million in pre-judgment interest on Friday after Manhattan Supreme Court Judge Arthur and Goran ruled the former president had inflated his net worth in order to get more favorable loan terms. Trump still said he will appeal the ruling, but he will have to pay the fine as a bond to the New York state before he can appeal. What a wonderful system we have, huh? Uh, And, you know, this is perfectly normal behavior in in America today uh, where um, you, you basically... Go after your political enemies. But anyway, we'll talk more about that on the other side. Uh, Let's go to the break. But 844-500-4242 is the number if you want to be on the Grace Curley Show with me, Toby Leary, filling in for Grace. And we will be right back after this. You're listening to the Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Look, we have nine months yet, uh, but I'm going to uh, 
see about Madison Square Garden and we're going to go to the South Bronx and we're going to go to Queens and other areas because if you look at what's happened in New York, I'm not even blaming the mayor. I think the mayor has sort of been told to take a back seat a little bit because they came after him violently. You know, they came after him like they're going to indict him when he started speaking up and now he's become quiet. Unbelievable. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. And by the way, whether you're residential, commercial, or land, J.J. Manning can get your property sold now. To learn more on how to get your property sold quickly and contingency-free, contact Charlie Gill at 800-521-0111 or jjmanning.com. With over 16,000 sales and satisfied clients, you can be the next one. That is the sponsor of today's poll question. So, Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurleyshow.com, is Donald Trump mentioned his VP shortlist. If you were advising him, who would you tell him to pick? Ron DeSantis, Byron Donald, Tulsi Gabbard, Christy Nome, Vivek Ramaswamy, or Tim Scott? That's a tough one for me because I like several of the choices and you know how much of this is going to be subject to like it needs to be a man a woman a businessman a you know so a person of color you know the dei pick no i'm just (laughs) kidding i don't think any of them would be that they're all very qualified in my opinion but i think i would like to see either either vivek ramswamy or Christy Nome, personally, even Tulsi Gabbard would be a good one if we want to try to pull some Democrat voters over the line. But boy, I, I'm going to go with Vivek. Vivek right now is at 16%. Christy Nome in the lead at 24%. Tied in second place are Ron DeSantis and Tulsi Gabbard at 19%. Vivek's in third, 14% for Tim Scott and 8% for Byron Donalds. Mm. That's interesting because, uh, I think um, I personally believe Vivek is by far the most qualified if you look at business acumen and think on your feet, decision-making, leadership qualities. Uh, I think he's very, very good. I don't think he's as scripted as some of the other ones. I thought Tim Scott was a little disappointing in his performances, especially when he went on the, remember when Tucker interviewed all the candidates and, you know, basically destroyed their futures (laughs) one by one. Vivek was the only one I thought came out of that without hemorrhaging and, you know, or ending their campaign right there on the spot. Uh, Christy Nome, I love her. She's great. I heard her speak at SHOT Show a couple weeks ago when I was out in Vegas, and uh, she was phenomenal. And one thing, she w- give you a quick little backstory about uh, Christy Nome. South Dakota's got a lot of good going for it. I've been there a couple times on business, and uh, they have no you know, income tax and whatnot, so it's a very business-friendly state, so companies go there to, to set up shop. And uh, so at SHOT Show, she told a story of how she had this thing in the works with South Dakota to create this massive uh, shooting range with federal funds and with state funds 
to to be this destination place so they could host competitions and competitive events and they could do training they could do uh you know police and military training there as well as um private sector training and whatnot and then all of a sudden they they get the project ready to start they're about to break ground and the biden administration pulls the plug pulls all federal funding says nope you're not going to do this with our money oh and by the way you have to give us back the land which was never theirs to begin with but this land you should earmark for federal projects in the future and she said "Uh uh-uh heck no she said, not only am I going to do this, I'm going to do it bigger and better than it was going to be done with the federal government involvement. They're well underway. They're still fundraising this. And they and she said something like, so, you know, take that, Joe Biden, and stuff it, you know, or something to that effect. I forget what her actual words were, but the fact it, it caused her to double down on her resolve to make this even bigger and better than it was going to be with federal involvement. So anyway, 844-500-4242 is the number. So I like Christy Nome. I like Tulsi Gabbard. I like, um, I like all of them. Tim Scott, Vivek. I love, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis, um, Byron Donalds. I, I, there's none of those on the short list that I don't like. Um, and I think it would be a strong team. Uh, I'm no political strategist. Uh, my one foray into politics ended <laughs> with failure, so I'm not going to begin to give advice on this subject. But uh, it was rigged. But, yeah, it was rigged. Yeah, right. Speaking of rigged, though, that's another thing. Every day something new comes out. Uh, in fact, it was in my stack of stuff here uh, to to uh, point out that Jesse Waters tweeted that Nevadans found out votes were counted in their name in an election they never even voted in. Can you believe it? Uh, the Secretary of State says, it was just a glitch. Just a glitch. You know, this kind of stuff happens. Uh, you, you just like gotta, Mayor Pete with his trans derailments. All these things happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you have a, a sophisticated system like we do, sometimes you get a glitch, that's all. You know, and it votes in dead people's names and people who don't vote in elections you know it throws a ballot one way or another in that case but anyway um we will be right back this is the grace curly show 844-500-4242 is the number and we'll see you on the other side don't go away Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. I'm your guest host today, Toby Leary, and I'm happy to be with you. If you want to be on the phone with me, give me a call at 844-500-4242. And actually, we'll jump right into the phones. What the heck? Dave, you're first up with me on the Grace Curley Show. How are you, Dave? Hey, Toby. I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for taking my call, and good afternoon. Of course. Hey, I just, I just called. Um, I had a real great experience down at your store, Cape Gunworks in Hyannis, and I just wanted to give you and your store and your staff props. Um, my my girlfriend just got her LTC, uh, and I live in New Hampshire, um, but she lives in Mass. She just recently went through the process, got her LTC, uh, got her, and she wanted to buy her first pistol. And the only place I was going to do business, you know, do business with her 
in Massachusetts was your store because of the efforts that you put forth to try to preserve the Second Amendment in Massachusetts. As a former Massachusetts uh, native, I I admire that. And um, so we went down there, and we dealt with a couple of, of your staff. Uh, my girl was a little a little nervous. She'd never you know owned a pistol before. She'd fired them obviously with me and and getting ready for LTC. But I just wanted to get props. Can I say the names of the people who helped? Sure. Her? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was Rock. Roxy helped us in the store part, and Alex was running the range. And between the two of them, we had a real positive experience. And um, and I want to just give them recognition on the air and, and thank them and thank you. Excellent. She ended up going with the P. She ended up going with the P three sixty five, which unfortunately you guys were out of stock. So we're still waiting to we're still waiting for the email to come down and pick that up. Hopefully, uh, Roxy said it wouldn't be too long, but yeah. um, we're hoping for that. But. Other than that, I mean, it was just a, it was a great experience. I was a little skeptical. Uh, I live in the Granite State now, and anything that has to do with, with firearms in Massachusetts, I take with a grain of salt. But <laughs> your, your 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 guys did a great job, and um, we walked out of there smiling. And, well, thank um, you, Dave. Yeah, That's very thing. kind of you, and I appreciate it. And I'll give the attaboy and atta girl to Roxy and Alex. They're they're great, and our, we do have a great team. Um, and your special order should be in soon. We we can't keep those in stock. The three sixty five is a great gun, and those fly off the shelves um, as quick as we get them. So they're they're really good. And uh, you know, uh, I'm I I say don't quit bragging when you tell us three times in one call that you're in New Hampshire, the live free or die state. We're back here peering over the iron curtain, you know, to <laughs> to Freedomville, but we are slugging it out day in and day out. And I appreciate the call, Dave, and that you you had a good experience. Um, along those lines, and I'll just throw this out there, uh, I met with a couple of state senators just recently, and they were very appreciative that I took the time out of my schedule or to, to show them what we go through in Massachusetts, the hoops that we jump through, the the potholes and landmines that we navigate on a day-to-day basis to try to comply with unconstitutional laws and and uh, rules and whatnot um, is staggering. And they had an eye-opening experience at Cape Gunworks on Monday. And um, number one, I'm happy that they took the time to come in and see what, what it is we go through on a day-to-day basis. Number two, I think they have a new perspective on the fact that, hey, Gun owners aren't your problem. Gun owners aren't your enemy. Gun owners are pulling in the same direction. We all want safe streets. We all want safe communities. We all want the people who are actually committing violence in our communities to go to jail for a long period of time. One of the things, and this is a good story for the Grace Curley Show, that most people don't realize is the soft on crime approach to by our justice system has failed us miserably. Uh, There was a couple of stories that came out in the last few weeks. One is a FedEx driver who was stealing firearms out of his own delivery route and then selling them on the black market to what happened to be undercover FBI agents was sentenced to guess how long, Jared? Did you hear this story? I think I heard it, but yeah, yeah, it was like an hour. No, it wasn't that bad, but close. Five days. Six days. Six days. So you steal guns out of your shipment. You sell them illegally on the on the black market. Guess how much time you get? You get six days time served. And meanwhile, I know people who I mentioned before, the victimless crime of 
having the gun and not having a license to carry because you moved into the state and you face three years in prison or you and you haven't committed any crime you haven't assaulted anyone you haven't done anything you haven't illegally sold a gun or i've mentioned it many times this guy mejia down in florida who didn't want to pay the 200 dollars tax for putting a stock on his pistol which made it an illegal sbr he had a task force an anti-terrorism fbi neighborhood task force conduct a sting operation with a confidential informant that was trying to avoid being deported and was proffering information to the feds did an undercover sting operation on this guy he had already paid the 200 dollars tax for two suppressors he owned he had a license to carry he he um had registered those two suppressors and uh was a dispatcher for a police department for years left on good terms the chief thought he was a good guy and didn't want to pay 200 bucks for a gun that he put a stock on and uh shot in his backyard in the privacy of his own home never took it off site and he's doing 21 months in federal penitentiary. But meanwhile, you steal guns on the black market, you sell them to criminal element, and you get six days, time served. Go and do no more wrong. You know, thy sins are forgiven thee. And we also had another guy in Massachusetts who um, was sentenced to, I believe it was 14 years, uh, for aggravated assault and rape and guess what he had 197 prior convictions not charges convictions 197 it's like what are we going to do to get people locked up here you just got to wait for them to do something bad enough that will put them away for real time meanwhile the most famous case in my opinion is the guy who i refuse to say his name who was a violent career criminal with 30 prior felon with a gun charges who by all intents and purposes under the mandatory minimum should have been doing 45 years in jail gets out in three years and kills officer gannon in the line of duty while he's trying to serve a search warrant on him and shoots his his dog nero as well so that's that's what we have working against us in society is the failure of our system to lock violent people up. And then whenever something negative out, a negative outcome with a firearm happens, we lay, we lay the blame on gun owners and say, oh, if it, just, if it wasn't for you owning a gun, none of this would have happened. Well, sorry, you're never putting that genie back in the bottle. Americans do like the Second Amendment. We love our rights. And I would say one of the pivotal moments of the meeting on Monday was I asked the state senators, if you could get enough support on the Senate and across the aisle in the House or down the hall with the House, and you could somehow conjure up enough support for a bill that said you're going to ban Catholics in this state, could you do that? And they said no. They at least acknowledged the constitutional limitations that they have in their job as it applies to the First Amendment. And I said, now, the, now just extrapolate that same constitutional limitation and apply it to the Second Amendment. And all of this goes away because we have been told and we have a clear mandate after Heller and Bruin 
the Supreme Court has said you have the text of the Second Amendment to go by. You can limit it based on the text. And then if government wants to limit it further, the burden shifts to the government to now prove that it was consistent with our nation's text, history, and tradition when the right was ratified and enumerated in 1791. If you can't do it there, guess what? It's unconstitutional. It's that clear. And you say, but wait, but wait, but wait. If, are you saying you want felons walking around with guns? You want their rights restored? Are you saying you want bad people to be able to buy guns? No, I'm not saying that. Let's go back to the part where I said lock up bad people and then they can't access guns. <laughs> that's, the, that's the way that this country dealt with it for 200 years before we lost our collective minds and started to blame inanimate objects for the crime of evil, psychopath, disturbed people. That's how we dealt with it. If the person was that bad of an actor where they uh, shouldn't have a gun, well, they shouldn't be on the street because there's cars, there's baseball bats, there's knives, there's you know all kinds of weapons out there for people to use in their evil enterprise. So if they're that bad a person, lock them up. But right now, we've let society go all the way down the road of, oh, um, right now, any felon or any misdemeanor felony, as we call it in this state, misdemeanor that's punishable by two and a half years in jail makes you a prohibited person for life. So some guy who kites a check in his 20s and gets convicted of it can now be a prohibited person. Somebody who gets a uh, first offense operating under the influence in the state of Massachusetts is now a federally prohibited person because they were convicted of a crime that could be punishable by two and a half years in jail. So I don't see that in the text. I don't see that in the history. And I don't see that in the tradition of the Second Amendment. We have a lot of work and a lot of uh, you know, money to be spent in order to recapture and regain our rights. But let's, let's be clear. You take what's happened to the Second Amendment and apply it to any other enumerated right, and they will acknowledge that they don't have the constitutional authority to do it. It is, you know, the Madison, Madison said it in the Federalist Papers, number 49. That's where the whole premise of constitutional limitations comes from. And guess what? Guess who our biggest advocates are? In the Madison uh, Papers there, uh, the Federalist Papers, who, by the way, he wrote the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, uh, one of the main authors, he, he says that if you... Uh, the, the legislature is the gatekeeper of our rights because it's of the people, by the people, for the people, from the people. They are the blood and the family and the friends of the people. Then when we send them to Congress, it is with the expectation that they preserve our rights. They fight to make sure that nothing happens to our rights. And that's why they take the oath that they take. They swear to uphold the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And guess what happens when they get there? They violate their oath of office. They take quantum leaps in constitutional authority and that they lack, and they start to uh, impose unconstitutional laws and require uh, the law enforcement community who can lose their, uh, their immunity for enforcing unconstitutional laws or for depriving people of their right to keep and bear arms or any of their civil rights and impose on them that they 
enforce unconstitutional laws. It's maddening. It's a vicious cycle. And until we start to restore the history of America and start to educate people that, you know, I'm done with hearing we can walk and chew gum at the same time. I'm done with hearing that all laws have, uh, aren't, you know, not all laws are without limitation. You You can't yell fire in a burning building. Yeah, because of the public safety factor that it creates, right? Well, guess what? The public safety factor is around the way we deal with guns in 2024. It's letting violent felons out and on the street. That is like screaming fire in a crowded business or a a crowded building. By letting violent felons out, you are putting the most dangerous people of society back out on the street. All right, end of rant. I'll take your calls on the other side, 844-500-4242. I'm Toby Leary, sitting in for Grace Curley. Be right back. This is the Grace Curley Show. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. I'm glad you're with us this afternoon, 844-500-4242. I'm Toby Leary, filling in for Grace, and I'll be here with you till the 3 o'clock hour. So join me if you want, 844-500-4242. can talk about anything you want to talk about. Uh, you can also text CURLY, C-U-R-L-E-Y, to 617-213-1066. And uh, in the list of stuff I have to talk about, we didn't even really close the loop on um, the Nevada primary, which was rigged again. Uh, Mindy Robinson actually uh, put a little bit more context to it than Jesse Waters did. Uh, And she says, so Nevada's primary was just rigged again, but this time we can actually prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. The fake local news stations are already trying to blame it on a glitch. But a glitch doesn't explain why Republican mail-in ballots that were never turned in are suddenly being shown as counted, nor why mine isn't, with the only difference being that I'm a registered libertarian and our mail-in ballots don't affect the outcomes of either main party's primaries. We can only vote on justice of the peace or other pointless nonpartisan offices. Interesting, huh? So even if the corrupt Secretary of State who's likely sitting in their seats due to this same fraud wants to blame this on a computer glitch again... After this already happened in 2020, uh, where they deleted my info and put it all back wrong when I publicly complained, then maybe these computers are too glitchy to be holding our elections on. And we should just return to one day paper ballots with ID. And that was cheaper and faster than any of this riggable machines anyway. (laughs) And I would agree with that statement. And, you know, Jared, I was thinking about this. Could this be why Nikki Haley lost in Nevada to any other candidate? I mean, a, a glitch it a is glitch? always out there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously the Nevadans would have picked Nikki Haley over anyone else in the room, <laughs> right. but but I'm sure that, that's, that explains it. It's just a glitch. I'm sure KFOY listeners are all about Nikki Haley right now. <laughs> Let us know, Reno. Yeah, and I'm sure it's also why she's losing so bad in her own state, right? It's got to be. It's glitchy. I mean, sometimes glitches happen. And, uh, you know, I, that's that's what I'm thinking. That, that explains a lot, uh, that computer glitches are why she's losing, like, by 
40 points in her own state. Um, and by the way, the you would think like if you really wanted to topple the leading candidate and the only other candidate in the race for the Republican Party, you would come up with some good original ideas of your own that you know would m restore America's foundation and get us back on track. Uh, but instead, she's just launching javelins and barbs and darts at the leading, the front runner, which obviously didn't work for any of the other uh, of the crowd. So <laughs> I, I say, come up with something original that the people can rally behind and get behind. But you're throwing darts and uh, trying to win the nomination by attacking the leading candidate is going to lead to your demise like it did every other one who had the sensible uh the sensibility to drop out of the race i'm wondering why the heck is nikki haley still in this race does she really think she could pull off a hail mary and somehow secure the nomination no i don't think she could she does think that um Sean, if you want to stay on the line, we'll get to the calls on the other side, I promise. I'm Toby Leary, sitting in for Grace, and we will be back after this.